welcome. You have found us here and we are welcoming you right now to this edition of First Chapter Fun. I am your host, Hank Philippi Ryan, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this Tuesday's edition of First Chapter Fun. We are so pleased that you have found us here on Instagram and here on Facebook. As we have done for almost three years now, Hannah Mary McKinnon and I will read you the first chapter of an absolutely fabulous new book. I am your host, Hank Philippi Ryan, the USA Today bestselling author of now 14 novels of suspense. The reason I have not been here for the past couple of weeks is that I have been on tour for The House Guest, my brand new novel. I'll show it to you one more time, even though it is posted cleverly on the door behind me as we all post our book covers on the doors behind us. That's just what we do. Thanks to you. Let me just have a quick little moment to thank you so much, all of you. The book is now in the second printing after six days on sale. First Chapter Fun Funsters, I know you have helped me uh, make this book a success, and I am gloriously, marvelously, wonderfully grateful to you all and so pleased to see you all here today. Look at everyone who is here already, Janet Hope's library, and of course, Hannah, my darling Hannah is here, Sue Bishop, love hugs, and Shelly reads a lot, says hi, funsters, Steph Keesling, and Janet Hope's library, read T, repeat is here, and oh my golly, thank you so much, Instagrammers on Facebook, funsters, for joining us today, and here on Facebook, let me, the people, oh my golly, you are all here, I am so pleased to see you all here on First Chapter Fun. It's so nice to be back. Brenda Gaskell is here and Sh Shannon Hansen, hooray. Um, and Catherine Olson, Carlos Suto, Priya Gill says, that's amazing and not surprising. It is surprising. It is amazing and it is surprising, I have to say. Um, I have been so happy to see some of you on the road. I've been on book tour for two solid weeks for the house guests now. It's absolutely hilarious. I have seen so many sunrises in the past two weeks because in order to make my early planes, in order to get to the next city, I was sort of in a new city every day. In order to get to the next city, you have to get up so early to get the plane. Um, and it is, I, it's glorious. I have to say, I pull my little roller bag through the airport concourses, humming magical mystery tour. And I saw so many of you uh, out on the, on the road. I saw Anissa and Dorothy Montanez and Darlene McElhaney and Susan Baldwin Mayfield and her daughter. So many of you. And it was all because of first chapter fun. Priya says, come to West Texas, Hank. We have the best sunrises. Can you just send me a photo of the sunrise? Maybe I'll come for lunch. Maybe that would be a good thing. Allie says, you've been busy, Hank. Allie Heard, you are marvelous, unbelievable. Did you see the photos, the compilation of the photos of people dressing up like the house guests? People were putting on sunglasses like this and putting on a hat and, and uh, pretending to be the cover of the house guest. And it was absolutely hilarious. Keep them coming, those book faces uh, are marvelous. Anyway, it is not about me today anymore. It is about you and welcoming you back to First Chapter Fun for this Tuesday's edition of First Chapter Fun. And it is also about, Renee says, have you ever had a book go into its second edition so quickly? No, I, I never have, not after six days. I mean, that is really quite extraordinary. And I really do think it's because of you, your first chapter funsters. I really, really do. Here's Facebook user says, um, oops, that's Leisha saying hello. I agree. We have beautiful sunrises. 
And here is someone from Bowling Green, Ohio. And because you on Facebook, we have banners. You don't see this on Instagram, so forgive me for a second. On Facebook here, we have banners, and you see we have fancy banners across the bottom of the screen. Hannah and I put them up to you know sort of highlight who we are reading today and more on that in about 10 seconds, and also to highlight who's commenting. But if you don't allow StreamYard to use your name, as this person from Bowling Green, Ohio has not, um, we don't, Hannah and I on StreamYard, too complicated, don't know who you are. Easy enough says, easy enough, just put your name at on your comment and Hannah and I will know where you are. Yes, um, Ali made uh, an awesome collection of the photos, says Renee Herskowitz. Uh, this is, Ali is so talented, says a Facebook user. I wish I knew who that was because you are so exactly right. So Ali, thank you. I don't even know how you did this. Um, and it is great. So keep them coming. So let me tell you very, very quickly. Uh, Susan, Susie Baldwin is here about the collage of fo photos. Uh, oh, Amazon has a 500, $520 off, $5.20 coupon off on all that is mine. I carry it with me today. And that is a perfect segue to tell you that we are reading William Landay's All That Is Mine I Carry With Me today. Um, and as Hannah says, use this link after the episode to latch on to StreamYard, to put your name on StreamYard. So many things to tell you about today and so many things to do today. And Facebook user Susan, this is exactly what to do, says, welcome, William. So excited to hear your book. You all, you should all be incredibly excited to hear this book, All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me by the fabulous William Landay. And I will read it to you in a moment, let me tell you a little bit of background. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Bill Landay, because let me go very quickly to his bio so I can talk a little bit about his bio and William Landay and this marvelous book that so many of us have been waiting for for so long. So let me read the bio first. This is sort of different from how we usually do it, but there's a lot to talk about about this and a lot you need to know about this. Um, and I, I, there, you know, let me tell you, there was a review in the New York Times of a book long ago, um, which said something like, I'm not quite sure I can find the words in a review to tell you what a good book this is. This is this was a review of another book in the Times. And this is how I feel about all that is mine I carry with me. I'm not quite sure I can find the words to tell you what an extraordinary book this is. It's kind of a masterpiece. It's kind of one of the best books I've ever read. And you know, we have so many marvelous books here on First Chapter Fun um, and so many wonderful authors and so many books that Hannah Mary McKinnon and I just love and we love bringing them to you. But sometimes there's just a book that touches you in a special way. It, it, you know, we're all different. We all love different books. So this is just one of them for me. All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me by William Landay. Renee says, William Landay is a new author to me. This book sounds great. Yes. So let me tell you a little bit about this. When I look over here, I'm looking at your comments um, and I am not looking away from the screen. I'm checking your comments to make sure I'm looking at all your comments. And Jen Jumba is here. Hello. Um, and Jen, I saw Jen, you know, in Cleveland, Ohio. And that was absolutely amazing. One of the highlights of the book tour, seeing the fabulous Jen Jumba. Janet Hope's library says, come to New Orleans 
Absolutely, I will. Cat Reader says, love the cover. Uh, Jen Jumba says, I have missed the ado. No one does the ado like you. The ado we do for you here on First Chapter Fun. So I'm going to do a little bit of a different kind of ado today because I want to give you Bill Landay's bio early on and then talk a little bit about that. Um, Kathy Glanigan says, happy Tuesday. Sorry, late to the party today. You're not late. There's no such thing as late here on First Chapter Fun. And Hannah and I make sure there's no such thing as late because all the videos we do, all the readings we do are archived on here on Instagram and wherever they put videos now, video, I think they call them, and here on Facebook in our videos. So you can always look back at now 300 after today, 326 videos there, 300, and this is our 326th episode, which reminds me, and I know I'm talking fast because I want to make sure to get to this um, episode, but on March 16th, no, yes, 16th, I'm looking at my calendar over here, on March 16th, Thursday, March 16th, mark your calendars, because First Chapter Fun is having a big, big, big anniversary show, our third birthday anniversary, what would you call it? Hannah and I will be together chatting at 12.30 p.m. ET on Thursday. This is Thursday. We'll have our usual Tuesday show. Then on Thursday, our special birthday show, 12.30 p.m. ET, right here on Facebook, we will have, and Instagram, we will talk, come to you, answer your questions. It'll be Hannah and me, and it'll be great. And that's not all. All day on the 16th, all day on Facebook, we will have a massive, massive author giveaway. The authors who we read over the past year, so dozens of them are going to come to give away prizes here on Facebook. So do not miss that on the 16th. So let me tell you a little bit about, I guess, Pamela Fry Priest is saying, I'm so excited about your special birthday show. We are too. And Maria Alicia Cruz Figueroa says, wow, 326. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's totally amazing. And Leisha says, March 16th sounds awesome. Oh my golly, it is going to be, it is going to be unbelievable. So without further ado, although I know you love the ado, let us get to All That Is Mine. I carry with me by William Landay. Let me tell you a little bit about Bill Landay. William Landay is the author of All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me, and three previous novels, Defending Jacob, which won the Strand Critics Award for Best Mystery Novel and is now an acclaimed series on Apple TV. Did you see it with Chris Pine and Michelle Dockery? It's so amazing. Um, and it stayed, Defending Jacob, st stayed on the New York Times bestseller list for so many months that everybody has lost track of it. I mean, it was just, it just planted its gorgeous self, gorgeous self on the New York Times bestseller list and just stayed there for months and months and months. It is such a good book. One of those books, Defending Jacob, and this is part of the situation. One of those books, Defend, like Defending Jacob, was one of the novels that people, their eyes sort of soften when they talk about Defending Jacob, that they love it so much. More about that in a minute. He is also the author of The Strangler, listed as a best crime novel of the year by the LA Times, Daily Telegraph, and others, and Mission Flats, winner of the Dagger Award for best first crime novel. A former assistant district attorney, he lives in Boston. And let me just say parenthetically, he is the greatest, funniest, nicest, sweetest, most wonderful guy, a dear pal with a wonderful wife and adorable children. And he's the hardest of workers. And if you ever meet Bill Landay, um, well, you'll love him. Anyway, so, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. 
what if you write a book like Defending Jacob that is just a juggernaut? What if you write a book that is just so good that everybody loves it? And then your job as a writer is to write the next book. That could be very difficult, couldn't it? Because any good writer uh, wants to make their next book be better than the previous book, right? You want readers to say, wow, I loved book X, but book Y is even better. Wow, what a good author. So when the bar is so high as it was for Defending Jacob, I used to think about what is Bill going to do? How do you write another book um, that's as good as Defending Jacob, knowing that everybody, and you know how book world is, knowing that everybody in book world is going to say, is going to compare it to Defending Jacob. You, you can't help it. You, I mean, that's just what you're going to do. And so that is where Bill Landay was after Defending Jacob came out, which was maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, a while ago, a while ago. So it's been a very long time between Defending Jacob and all that is mine, I carry with me. And I think about, Priya says, yes, that could be so hard, writing anything after Defending Jacob. Yes. So this is what I wanted to tell you about as I change the banner here. This is what I wanted to tell you about. So when I heard that Bill's new book was out, All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me, was out, I thought, okay, here we go. You know, now, now we're going to see what happens. And what happened to Bill? Why couldn't he write a book for so long? So I started reading the book. And I, when I started reading it, it was just, here's the thing, readers and writers. In order to break all the rules, you have to know the rules. Don't you think that's sort of a, a tenet? I think you have to be able to know what you're doing so well that you can, that your writer brain takes over and gives you a glorious idea and you're willing to risk something, including your personal self, to put everything into a novel to make the novel be great. And that is what Bill Landay has done in All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me. Um, it is an experience of a novel. It is experience, an experience to read it. Uh, it is a masterclass in voice. It's a legal thriller and a family saga and a gorgeous, brilliant piece of fiction. And I cannot wait to read it to you. So let uh, Renee Herskowitz is saying, wow. And Allie is saying, I love the title, All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me. You reminded me, Allie, and this is um, very wise of you, that Bill is giving away, Bill and his publisher, Penguin Random House, which we love, is giving away a copy of All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me, one copy here on Instagram, and one copy here on Facebook. If you, to one lucky commenter who asks a question or leaves a comment or says anything here on Instagram before the show ends at one o'clock and here on Facebook until up until midnight ET tonight. So one of the questions you might ask is where did the title, All That Is Mine I Carry With Me come from? And was that always the title? Now it's explained in the book, but it, it's explained what it means. Well, you'll just have to read the book. And that's what we'll do right now. That's what we'll do right now. So really, I, I have to tell you, as I'm going back to the comments here, I am so honored to be able to read this to you. It is such a responsibility. Hannah Mary McKinnon and I talk about this all the time. It is such a responsibility that the authors give us to read their first, their, the openings of their book. And I know this is called First Chapter Fun. But one of the risks that Bill takes and, and succeeds so gorgeously in this book is that there are, there are no chapters. 
there are no chapters. So I'm going to, but it is just so gorgeously structured. I cannot wait for you to read it, but let me read you the beginning, the beginning of All That Is Mine I Carry With Me by William Landay. Are you ready? After I finished writing my last novel, I fell into a long silence. You might call it writer's block, but most writers don't use that term or even understand it. When a writer goes quiet, nothing is blocking and nothing is being blocked. He is just empty. I don't know why this silence settled over me. Now that it's over, I don't like to think about it. I only know that for months, then a year, then two years, I could not write. It did no good to struggle. The more I struggled, the tighter the noose became. I could not write, and then I could not sleep, and then I could not bear my own presence, and I began to think dark thoughts. I won't dwell on the details. In my profession, there's a saying that writers' troubles are of interest only to other writers. I mention my silent period here only because it's the reason I wrote this book. For it was during this time when I would have grabbed at any plausible idea for a story that I got an email from an old friend named Jeff Larkin. I have known Jeff since we were 12 years old. We met in September 1975 when we entered the seventh grade together at a very august and, to me, terrifying private school for boys, and we became pals almost immediately. Let me say I'm uneasy about starting a book this way with friends and confessions about my childhood. I am not nostalgic for that time in my life. I'm not even sure an honest account is possible. I do not trust my own memories. I tell myself so many stories about my past, as we all do. Worse, much worse, I don't think a writer ought to insert himself into his stories this way. It generally distracts more than it deepens. A writer's place is off stage. But what choice do I have? If I am going to tell the story, there is no way around a little autobiography, too. So, when I was in sixth grade, my teacher called my parents out of the blue to suggest I was bored at school, which was certainly true. Had they considered sending me to a private school, someplace rigorous and rulesy, where I would not continue to be, I will paraphrase here, a daydreamer and a smartass? My folks had never thought of it. They had both gone to private schools, and they presumed that fancy private schools, sorry, they had both gone to public schools, and they presumed that fancy private schools were for Yankees. But mom and dad grasped the teacher's essential meaning. What I needed was a swift kick in the pants. So the next fall, I found myself at a school that probably had not looked much different 20 or even 50 years earlier. There were no girls. There was a school necktie. Spanish was not taught, but ancient Latin was required. The gym was called a palestra, the cafeteria, the refectory. Portraits of mustachioed old masters hung in the hallways. There was a half-length painting of King Charles I gazing down at us with his needle nose and Van Dyke beard, which alone might have cured me of daydreaming and smartassery. Even my parents were dazzled and intimidated by the place. My mother warned me. They smile at you, those wasps, but I promise you, behind closed doors, they call us kikes. 
Jeff Larkin felt no such anxiety when he arrived at school. He was a prince. His older brother, Alex, was a senior and a three-sport star with the heroic aura that surrounds high school athletes. Jeff's dad was well-known, too. He was a criminal defense lawyer, the kind that showed up on the newspaper or on TV, standing beside a gangster, swaggering on about the incompetence of the police and the innocence of his wrongly accused client. There was a dark glamour to Mr. Larkin's work, at least before the catastrophe, when his association with violent crime stopped being a thing to admire. But that came later. Forbidding as the school was, at least I had a new friend. Jeff and I hit it off right away. We were inseparable. It was one of those childhood friendships that was so natural and uncomplicated, we seemed to discover it more than we created it. I have no adult friendships like the one I had with Jeff. I'm sure I never will. Once we slip on the armor of adulthood, we lose the ability to form that kind of naive, unqualified connection. But 40 years later, when I got Jeff's email in 2015, we'd been out of touch for a very long time. He reached me by sending a fan mail from my author website, just as any stranger would do. Hey, his email read in its entirety, love the book, Mr. K would be proud. Mr. K was a beloved English teacher. You up for a beer sometime? I'm up for three, I emailed back, or 43, just name the place. The place he named was Doyle's, an ancient pub in Jamaica Plain, now gone. It was a nostalgic choice. In our 20s, Jeff and I had hung out there night after night shooting the shit. The place had changed over the years. It was bigger and brighter now, more of a family restaurant than the grungy patinaed old pub I remembered. But the long bar was still the same and the ornate Victorian mirror behind the bartender. When I arrived, Jeff was waiting at the bar. His hair was gray and his face was fuller and more deeply lined than I had expected. But when he saw me and stood up grinning, he became my old friend again. It's the famous author, Philip Solomon, he teased. What an honor. And we hugged in the clumsy, equivocal way men do. For the next couple of hours, we drank and bantered as we always had. We picked up our conversation after 20 odd years as if we had just seen each other the day before. I am a shy man and I was particularly quiet during that hard time. But this night I yammered like a fool and I laughed harder than I had in a long time. It was late around midnight when Jeff finally mentioned his mother's case and the 40 years of misery that followed. We had moved from the bar to a booth by then. His voice was low and confidential. You heard about my dad? No. He has Alzheimer's. Whoa, I'm sorry. Convenient, isn't it? That's not how most people think of it. He gets to forget or pretend to. You think he's pretending? I don't know. Haven't seen him. I get my information from Miranda. Miranda is Jeff's little sister, younger by a year and a half. Miranda talks to him? She's taking care of him. I made a face, really? She wants me to go see him before it's too late. So go, what's the difference? I wouldn't give him the satisfaction. 
he has Alzheimer's. He won't remember anyway. That's what Mimi says. She says it's gone on long enough. He put on a mocking tone. I'm lost in the maze of hate. The maze of hate? That's a thing? Don't even, I can't. He shook his head. Miranda. It's a good name for a band, Maze of Hate. She says, when I hate him, I'm only hurting myself. That could actually be true. Maybe. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop. boy, you stay in that maze of hate. Great decision. You should call her, Phil. She'd love to hear from you. Miranda? Nah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Don't worry, I won't tell your wife. That's very considerate, thank you. He gave me a dopey, drunk grin. Maybe it'll give you something to write about. Some background. Jeff's mom, Jane Larkin, disappeared on November 12th, 1975. It was only a couple of months after Jeff and I started school, but I did meet Mrs. Larkin a few times. Looking back now, she does not seem to have left much of an impression on me. I don't have compelling memories or revealing personal anecdotes about her that I can share with you. Probably to my 12-year-old self, she was like any other mom. Certainly there was nothing about her to suggest she was about to become a sort of celebrity, the woman who vanished. But after her disappearance, a celebrity she was. In the fall of 75, believe me, if you lived in Boston, you knew who Jane Larkin was. The local media feasted on the story, particularly in the first few weeks after her disappearance. It is that shower of news updates, not Mrs. Larkin herself, that I remember best. One photograph in particular sticks in my memory. It was a staple of the news stories. I presume the picture was provided by her husband when Mrs. Larkin first went missing. It was a formal portrait. Her body was angled, left shoulder forward, and she looked directly into the camera as if she had just heard you come into the room and turned to look at you. The corners of her mouth were teased upward, her lips slightly parted, an expression that was not quite a smile. I see now, 40 years later, that there was a sexy quality to this pose. That is why the newspapers liked it. That little smile was a come on. Jane Larkin was only 39 when she disappeared, and her attractiveness was an essential part of the story's allure. It was a hammer that people could use to bash her husband when he became a suspect. How could a man with such a beautiful wife dare to want more? How could he presume to feel unsatisfied? Who did he think he was? So... All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me by William Landay. And let me ask you, first chapter funsters, have you ever read a book like that? Have you ever read a book that sounds like that? Have you ever read a book that's written like that? Have you ever read a book that draws you in so seamlessly, naturally? Have you ever read a book that's such a storytelling gem as that? I mean, that talks, that is... That is a story. That is what we mean by a storyteller. That is what we mean by telling a story. That is why we write books. Shannon Hansen says the whole book is intriguing. Wow, it's so good so far. 
Love that first chapter. The voice is amazing, says Facebook user. The voice, this is a masterclass in voice, a masterclass in voice. Diane Dick on, on Instagram says, hooked for sure. Sharon Bishop says, I have not read a book like that before. I am so intrigued. Catherine says, sure, this will be interesting. Jen Jumba says, never read anything like this. And I have a feeling I am going to love it. I have a feeling you're going to love it too, Jen Jumba. Well done, Mr. Landay, says Jen Jumba. And oh my golly, your comments are just coming in like crazy. Hannah says, such an excellent opening. Just draw you. How can you not want to know what happens next? Ali Hurd says, very original. Facebook user says, I have not read anything like this. Facebook user says, is it a memoir or autobiography or fiction? It is fiction. And that is what is so interesting about it. When I started reading, just as you heard, when I started reading the beginning, I thought, oh, this is a this is the foreword. This is not the book. This is a foreword. I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip to the first chapter and read the foreword later, as I sometimes do. And then I realized there were no chapters. And that was the story. And that was the beginning. And that's how it's written. And it drew me in from absolutely moment one. Priya says, I love the opening. Facebook user says, thank you, FCF, for introducing me to William Landay. You will love it. You, you want to know more. Is it a bio? Is the, the author of the character? Ask Bill Landay about that. One of our fun facts. Han Hannah and I always have fun facts about the authors that you can read on Facebook and Instagram. And one of the fun facts is that Bill reveals that he almost, they almost named the character William Landay. They almost named Philip Solomon William Landay. And it was not until the last edit that they changed it to give him a new name. I, you know, I've talked about this book for half an hour now almost. And I, I just can't describe to you, it's an experience. It's a reading experience. Um, and I just can't recommend it highly enough. Go, go. If you haven't, now remember that we have on Instagram one more minute for you to enter to win this novel. Please just leave a question or a comment. Steph Kiesling has done, as Sharon Bishop has done, as Janet Hope's library has done, as Valerie Brooks has done, as Darlene McElhaney, who I saw on tour, hey, Darlene, has, has done. Um, SML Proofreading says, once picked up, no way to put it down. And I completely agree, as does my husband. So you have no 30 seconds to enter on Instagram. You have an uh, till midnight tonight. Facebook user says, I have to go buy it now. Not right now. 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> so many questions for Bill Landay. And I know he will be there to answer your questions. We are having quite the run of fantastic authors here on First Chapter Fun on Tuesday. You all, we get to hear It's One of Us by J.T. Ellison. This is just a gorgeous, super personal book uh, with a brilliant, with a brilliant plot, a brilliant twist. It, it begins with the police coming to a door of a husband and wife and saying, "Your your son is a suspect in a murder." But as far as the wife knows, there is no son. They have no son. What could the police mean? It's one of us by J.T. Ellison, and you will love this book. She is brilliant. She's absolutely great. And today we have heard from William Landay, All That Is Mine, I Carry With Me. Again, this is why we're here, Hannah and I, on First Chapter Fun, to bring you books that you absolutely cannot miss. So thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for all your marvelous comments. Hannah and I will look at your comments um, 
Hannah and I will look at your comments when the show is over, as we always do. We can't always answer all the comments, you know, because if we do, if we click love, 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 love on all the comments, Facebook thinks we're bots and it puts us in Facebook jail. But we want you to know that we look at all of your comments and we adore that you are here. So I'm out of time. I'm two minutes over. Oh my golly, take two minutes out of my next week's show. We will see you next week. And until then, you know what I am going to say. Stay safe, stay kind, and we will see you next time. Love you so much.